remember a few weeks ago, we confessed together that we often squander the gift of leadership. We squander the ability to do great things for our world and for our lives. And hopefully we recommitted ourselves to look for ways that we can build up people who can bring change not only to the church, After that, we confess that we have a tendency to ignore those people who need God the most. And hopefully we recommitted to open our eyes to be able to see the way that God sees. And last week I suggested that sometimes uh, church becomes kind of this club where we welcome the kind of people we want to have with us. And hopefully we recommitted ourselves to make sure that church is a place where everybody belongs. So that leads us to today, where our, our thought is on this idea of discipleship. We're saying, suggesting that God has told us to get loud, and we realize how leadership, outreach, and being welcoming and inviting, how important that is to being a church of significance, of vitality. But today we've got to realize that a lot of that doesn't make sense without discipleship. Now, Jesus is going to have some words to say about our discipleship, but before that, I want to show you how I think maybe even someone else can show us something important about discipleship, and that someone else is Vincent Van Gogh. Now, truthfully, when you hear his name, what do you think about? Yeah, most of us, oh, that's that guy who got in a fight with a friend and just, whew, Anybody ever done anything crazy like that? No. Got in a fight with a friend, cut off his ear. That's what he's most known for, other than being a painting, a painter. Um, what we also know is that his mental health issues, they are well known, well documented. In fact, a year before he passed away, he voluntarily admitted himself into what we would call an asylum. But it was there in that asylum that he did some of his most popular work some of the things that we are most familiar with, including this piece here. Not that piece. This piece here. You ever seen that? What's that called? Starry Night. You guys are so good. We've seen that. We're familiar with it. Uh, Just something about it just kind of grabs your attention in so many ways. So many things that are interesting about that painting. And of course, one of the things that stands out most, I think, is the use of his color. He's practicing with some things, and he's experimenting with this idea of this color. And so we notice, I notice, I think a big part of this uh, painting, these yellow spots in the sky. You see that? You see that yellow there? The stars of the starry night. Something interesting we see, one take about this, is that uh, perhaps this painting, Van Gogh, is part of a theological statement that this painting is related to the religious experience of Van Gogh. So if you notice that those lights, this divine creation that Van Gogh sees and the stars, if you notice within the small village that's out there, you see the same color, do you not? Do you see in all the little houses the same color that's in the sky? We, we think that maybe Van Gogh did that very intentionally as maybe to say something like the same color that is of the divine creation is in every single one of these homes. 
But in the middle of that painting, you notice there's a structure there. Do you see that structure? What is it? It's a church. Now, in that painting, do you also notice there's only one building in there that doesn't have this light? Do you know which building it is? The church. A lot of people don't know that Van Gogh was actually a preacher at one time. He tried to become a Methodist preacher. didn't work out for him. And he was sent to be a missionary in a coal mining town in Belgium. When he was there, he gave all of his life to these miners. Great witness, great sacrifice, sold all of his possessions, gave everything away, worked for them, used his bed sheets, his bandages, did so much for that community. Church. Church didn't care for him very much. They thought him to be a little overzealous. And that he didn't dress or preach the way that, he, that they wanted him to. And so they fired him. so that maybe this becomes a statement about the church that Van Gogh has experienced, that there's light everywhere else in this painting, in this town, except for that one place, the church. Now, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the final time where he will be uh, put to death. And as he's on the way, you can't help but imagine all these people that have began to walk with him, began to travel with him. And I imagine, I don't know this to be entirely true, it certainly doesn't say anything in the text, but I imagine as you see all these people, you also begin to hear all these people. And I know how I am, and I know how some people can be, so I imagine that as they're going along, Jesus begins to hear things that are just, like, crazy to him. He hears people talk to each other, man, well, I've been following Jesus for quite a while now. From about four towns back, we've been going all along. I said, that's nothing. I've been closer with him and the disciples. I've been going along. I've been doing good. Somebody else says, that's nothing. We both reach for the same piece of fried chicken at the luncheon at church. <sighs> nothing. My family bought the donkey that one of the disciples used to use, and we have a plaque to prove it. I think Jesus maybe is hearing all of these things from all of these people. And he doesn't talk to his disciples now, but instead he turns to all these people who are following along. And him knowing exactly where he's about to go, I wonder if he thinks to himself, these people don't have a clue. Because he turns to them with these very harsh words and says, unless you hate your parents, your family, that you hate life itself. You can't be my disciple. Whoa. So much for sweet Jesus, right? Those are tough words that we have to wrestle with and we have to try to make sense of because I thought, wait a minute, that we're supposed to love everybody. We're supposed to honor my family. We're supposed to do good things. And so I think we have to realize, hopefully, that Jesus isn't saying not to do those things. That Jesus isn't telling us to hate anyone. 
But in fact, Jesus is, well, being the teacher that he is, that this is maybe Jesus' way to wake up. Pay attention. And even more than just exaggeration, that this is Jesus recognizing, look, I'm about to give everything that I have. And if you want to be my disciple, you have to be willing to do the same thing. Now, realize, friends, you can't play church with those kinds of words. Jesus isn't telling us to hate our parents or our family or to hate life because all those things are a gift from God. But what Jesus is saying is, if you're going to follow me, you have to follow me. Now, I imagine some people heard Jesus say that and thought, okay, Thanks, Jesus. It's been fun. I'm going to go to the rabbi down the corner. He gets done talking before lunch anyway. I imagine some other people heard Jesus and thought, okay, that's fine. Let's go. And they just carried along. Maybe they heard him. Maybe they didn't understand him. But it didn't really matter. They were having a good time. They were doing okay. It was good. What we have to realize, friends, is that I don't think that Jesus was telling us who can and who cannot be his disciple. I don't think he was painting a picture that there are some people who can do this and there are some people who can't do this. I think, in fact, as Jesus is thinking about his journey towards Jerusalem, his obedience, what he has been willing to give and to do for God, I think when he realizes our own tendencies, not saying who can and who cannot, I think he's saying there's going to be some people who just won't. They just won't. And I wonder if, I wonder if some of those people who heard those words just thought nothing at all and followed along. What Jesus is trying to say, I think, is that we can walk along without going anywhere. That we can walk along without being committed at all to being a disciple of Jesus. Some can, everyone can, just some won't become disciples. And we didn't read the verse, but Jesus will go on to talk about being salt of the earth and salt losing its saltiness. And part of what I think he's saying is that if you aren't willing to be committed, we lose something. And that all we have are people who are just following along, not being committed. You know what we really have? We have a place that has no light. We have a place that's in darkness. We have a place that isn't being what it was called to be. Ouch. Ouch. There's another perspective. There's another idea as we look at that painting. You see, because I imagine that as Jesus is going along, he said these harsh words. Some people said, I'm out of here, adios. Some people said, okay. Some other people said, he's talking to me. He's 
I can be that disciple. I can get through the doubt and confusion. I can get through the cross. I can get through the things because God has told me I could. I can be a disciple of Jesus because anybody can be a disciple of Jesus. Some people will choose not to be, but I can be. I can have faith enough. I can have courage enough. I can have patience enough. God can use me. So the other perspective is that when we look at this, as we see a church building with no light, that maybe we aren't recognizing a place that's dark because the people who are there have no light, that maybe we're seeing a place that's dark because the people who are there aren't there. But in fact, they're all throughout that town being the light. They're out throughout that town being disciples of Christ. Friends, anybody can be the light. Anybody can be the light because we've all been fashioned and shaped by God. We are all wonderfully made. Anybody can be a disciple. Some will choose not to be. What about you? I imagine that's a question that some of us have wrestled with at some time in our life, maybe a long time ago. Maybe it's a question we've never even thought about. Maybe it's a question we wrestle with every day we have breath. But wherever you are, Wherever you are in that spectrum, I want to invite you to pray with me that God would show us where we are and God would help us be those disciples God knows we can be. Let's pray. Oh God, you are the light of the world. You are what guides our lives. So help us to live into your light. Help us, God, to Find our life in you. God, we want to be disciples. We want to be the people you have created us to be. So free us now from ourselves. Free us from our tendency to hang on to those things that keep us from you. And bring us, God, to everlasting life, today and always. In Jesus' name. Amen.